The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 155 of the podcast or joining us live here on YouTube. We've been doing the YouTube thing a little bit more lately. I mean, we've always done YouTube, but now we got the live chat and everything going on. So if you want to get down with that, subscribe to YouTube. Just search MMA on the Rocks and we'll come up. Subscribe to the channel. Turn the notifications on so you know when we're going live. It's usually Sunday morning around 11 a.m. or Sunday evenings, depending. Um, in any case, if you want to join in on the conversation, we we welcome all opinions on the live chat, and you know, or we don't. I mean, <laughs> sometimes there's a couple who come through that uh, that I choose not to share, but. Uh, if you want to roll the dice, then, then come on over to YouTube and check out the show there. Or continue listening uh, on your favorite podcast platform. We definitely appreciate all the reviews you guys have been leaving, all the feedback. I got a lot, I got a lot of great feedback on last week's episode, especially the part about the, the Nick and Nate Diaz story when I partied with those guys in Orlando back in 2015. So if you missed that, uh, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 154. And uh, I, I tell the story of the night I, hang, I hung out with the Diaz brothers shooting tequila, stuff like that. Or you can go over to YouTube. I, I clipped it up into its own section. So if you just want that story and you don't want all the news updates from last week, then you can go check that out on YouTube. It's a separate clip. It's on the highlights. So it's right on the front page of the YouTube page. You may have guessed by now I'm going solo this week. Jeff the Animal Wilson couldn't make it. Uh, he's catching up with some old friends. He wasn't going to get home till late. I got up super early, so I said I I got to get this thing over with. So I don't know what he's up to exactly, but I hope he's getting laid. And I hope you all wish the same for the animal. So if you want to if you want to tell Jeff the Animal Wilson how much you miss him, you can reach him on social media at animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget that Jeff has Instagram after three years of me badgering him to make one to uh, to help promote the show on Instagram. So go follow him on there. Um, but yeah, I definitely appreciate all the feedback you guys have been giving. It was a lot, of, a lot of positivity in the last week, which I appreciate. And of course, I'm always receptive to criticism as well. Uh, you know, you guys are the ones listening to the show and consuming the show. So, you know, if there's any changes you want to see, uh, speak your mind uh, and, and we'll try and make it happen because, you know, we don't want to lose you, depending who you are. I mean, some of you are kind of shitheads. I don't care if you stop listening. But um, the rest of you, uh, please keep up with the feedback and the, and the reviews as well. Uh, like I've said the last couple of weeks, if you guys leave a review and you want to roast us in the review, just tag us on social media and let us know. As long as you give five stars, you can say whatever the fuck you want about us. You can roast us 
uh, you know, for paragraphs, and I'll read it live on the show uh, if I think it's funny, which I probably will because, you know, I I got a I got a pretty decent sense of humor. I can take a joke. I got some thick skin. Or I got some MMA stuff to talk about. Um, it was Bellator this weekend. But, um, didn't really blow my hair back. It wasn't the kind of card where I was like, oh man, it's Bellator tonight. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta stay home on Saturday night. I was of the mindset that like there wasn't MMA this weekend and this was a week off. Uh, I did not watch the Bellator card, Bellator 225. I understand it was an awesome card. Uh, you know, when all was said and done, uh, 14 fights, 14 finishes, I believe. But, um, yeah, there was just nothing about it that was, that was drawing me in. And you guys know, if you've been a long time listener of the show, you know that I was a big time supporter of Bellator, uh, for a long time. And then, uh, they, they started slowly doing things that made me lose interest in the promotion and, it's a shame because they've got like a really decent roster right now, but uh, I, I feel like they're just uh, struggling with the promotion and the and the marketing side of the business, and it it's tough. You know, I I would almost rather them try and compete with the UFC a little bit more instead of uh, show having shows on these off weeks. And um, I, I forgot it was on. To be honest, I mean the the main event, Sergey Karatanov and Matt Mitrione was a rematch because the last time these two got in there, Karatanov kicked Matt Mitrione in the balls so hard and made a hemorrhoid pop out of his asshole. Um, so there's that. I mean that that, that could have been an interesting dialogue for a buildup. Like they could have done like some really cool. Um, like real dramatic, like pre-fight build up to that. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty, it. I mean, it's a fucked up story. I mean, to get to get kicked so hard that you get a hemorrhoid coming out of your ass. Um, that that's that's impressive and and devastating for Matt Mitrione as well. Um, before we get into the fights, though, because. I am going to talk about Bellator 225 a little bit. I'm going to preview UFC Fight Night 157 that's taking place next week, early Saturday morning in China. Don't forget, set your alarm clocks if you want to catch this one. I think uh, I think the main card starts at 6 a.m. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, I left you guys with a little bit of a cliffhanger last week. I told you I wanted to talk about uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So... If you guys haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want any spoilers, you might want to skip ahead uh, the next like six or seven minutes of the podcast. And I think I, I can't see myself talking about it for much more than that. I'm not like a huge movie buffer or anything like that, but and I don't even get to see a lot of movies because I got the baby and everything. But uh, I think I told you guys the baby started school a couple of weeks ago. So we have the kid in school and she actually is in school right across the street from our shop where we work. So last Friday, uh, the wife and I played hooky from work and we went to the movies. We wanted to see the new Tarantino movie. And when the movie was done, 
it was one of these movies where when it was over, I couldn't tell you immediately if I liked it or not. Uh, you know, there were a lot of questions at the end of it. I was a little bit confused. You kind of have to know some background information for the story to make sense because it kind of takes place around the time of the the Charles Manson killings out in Hollywood when he had his little cult and, uh, you know, he was out like he had his his minions going out and killing like Hollywood elite and, and making them think that it was okay. These people just had to die and it was no big deal. So all that was going on, but you kind of had to know that that was going on. And at the same time, it's got this fictional storyline of this this Western film actor, Leonardo DiCaprio, exists and he lives in the Hollywood Hills and he's got a stuntman, Brad Pitt, who is kind of like his right-hand man, like his, that's his buddy, and even though Brad Pitt like lives in a in a trailer and, and Leonardo DiCaprio lives in a big mansion, they're like best pals and like, uh, you know, Brad Pitt you know does everything for DiCaprio so these guys exist in the movie and other than that it's supposed to be like pretty historically accurate for what was going on at the time with with Charles Manson but he never actually mentions Charles Manson in the in the movie so as can be expected from a Quentin Tarantino movie this thing's like nine and a half hours long two hours 40 minutes to be more precise I think yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. So, long movie, but um, here's what Quentin Tarantino is a master of. And when you think Tarantino, you kind of think like blood and guts and violence. But really, when you think about it, he's a master of character development. And the reason why his films are so long is because he really takes time to take a deep dive into characters and get you invested in them. Uh, you know, most of the characters in his films are like bad people. There's no like good guy and bad guy. There's bad guy and another bad guy that you kind of end up liking, you know, by the end of it. You know, if you think about like Reservoir Dogs, they're all criminals, right? They're all bad guys, um, but you end up kind of rooting for some of them. You know, one of them's an undercover cop. Sorry, spoiler alert for Reservoir Dogs. If you haven't seen that, it came out fucking 30 years ago. Um, one of them's an undercover cop, but then some of the other bad guys like Harvey Keitel, like he was a criminal, but at the end you're like, oh man, I kind of dig this guy. He's like a good dude. So it, it's always like that with Tarantino's movies. He's got like all bad people, but uh, you know, some of them have qualities that you're just kind of, grow attached to so like looking back on this movie i did like it you know i wouldn't rank it up there with my favorite tarantino movies like probably pulp fiction is my favorite uh you know if you want to use that as a barometer if you're listening to this and you're like fuck you bill it's not his best movie i like to kill bill well then all right don't listen to my opinion about movies i don't care um it probably falls somewhere in the middle you know i'm a big reservoir dogs fan uh i loved hateful eight uh Django was okay. Uh, I just recently watched Jackie Brown as well. Jackie Brown's a really good, 
a Tarantino movie. I feel like that's one of the more underrated ones. I feel like that's a awesome uh, performance by Samuel L. Jackson in that movie and uh, Pam Greer as well. Pam Greer's a, a fucking badass in that movie. So long movie, uh, half of it's real, half of it's fictional. Um, so the DiCaprio and the Pitt characters are fictional and it's like what would happen in a world where these two characters existed and you know if you know a lot of the history with the Manson murders and like the famous people who were killed you know some of them don't end up killed in this movie so I guess I'm not spoiling too much but you have to know that going into it so um, after letting it digest a little bit I liked the movie you know I would probably go back and watch it again as long as it was I would be interested to go back again and, and see like what I missed the other thing that is um, important to this show is that Tarantino kind of shits on Bruce Lee a little bit there's a scene in the movie where Brad Pitt is a stunt double in a movie that that Bruce Lee has a cameo in and they're backstage and they're they're just like kind of talking shit and uh Apparently, Bruce Lee was like a pretty cocky guy off screen. And I don't know if you guys know this, but like the shit that Bruce Lee did in movies doesn't work in real life. I mean, we know enough about mixed martial arts at this point to know that you can't beat up 25 people at one time, no matter who you are. Um, it's just it's just not a thing that happens, especially, you know, 25 other trained fighters. Uh, <laughs> so if whoever you think the greatest fighter of all time is george st pierre if he walks into mma any mma gym across the country he's not beating up 25 people uh and walking out of there like nothing happened like that shit's not real um uh sorry Uh, there's no santa claus either by the way so i'm just gonna go ahead and ruin everything for you guys so you know tarantino kind of makes it a point to uh to show that that Bruce Lee's martial arts, you know, his Jeet Kune Do is, is full of shit, and him and Brad Pitt get into a little scuffle backstage in the movie, and um, you know, Brad Pitt kind of fucks him up a little bit, and he's making the point that like Bruce Lee couldn't really fight. I mean, sure, he was a great martial artist, but he, you know, if you put him in the UFC uh, today with his skill set. Uh, you know he wouldn't he wouldn't break the top 20 and he would probably be a flyweight he'd be a 125 pounder i would assume because i think he walked around at about that weight anyway this triggered a lot of people including bruce lee's daughter who spoke out and was like you know you didn't have to do him dirty like that which i guess not but um you know he had a point he wanted to make apparently there are some you know there's some documented evidence out there that bruce lee was kind of a dick on set so um you know tarantino wanted to make that point uh you know i've heard a lot of stories that quentin tarantino's kind of a dick so there's that um it is what it is i wouldn't read too much into it but you know i thought it was a pretty good movie all right let's get into this thing shall we uh i'm gonna attempt a screen share here with you guys see if we can do this um and here we go so if you're watching on youtube now i got the screen share so i got boom so i got the uh, bellator card pulled up here 
Bellator 225. This was in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay, and like I said before, headlined by Sergey Karatanov and Matt Mitrione. So this was a knockout win for Karatanov in the second round, and the the big issue in this fight was that Matt Mitrione kept spitting out his mouthpiece, or his mouthpiece kept coming out. I guess he had to he forgot his mouthpiece, and he had to go and get like one of those boil and bite things uh, from Sports Authority or or. Models or one of those places and and it didn't fit right and it kept coming out of his mouth but you know he kept getting a warning from Dan Mergliato who was refereeing the fight saying you know I'm going to deduct a point if you spit your, if you lose your mouthpiece again so for those who don't know the context here this was an old trick back in the day where it used to be if your mouthpiece fell out uh, they would bring it over to your corner and your corner would rinse it out and then they would put the mouthpiece back in nowadays they just you know they'll stop the fight for a second or sometimes they don't stop the fight till the end of the round and they just make you put the mouthpiece in and don't rinse it off so it used to be a trick where if you spit your mouthpiece out you kind of get a little bit of a breather while your corner rinses your mouthpiece out and then you put it back in so there's that uh i don't know if that's what he was doing i didn't really watch the fight i watched the highlights so karatanov uh gets the tko in the second round, he puts him down with a big uppercut, uh, and, and he looked good. And uh, a lot of the dialogue was how bad Matt Mitrione looked. But I think what a lot of people aren't realizing is that Sergei Karatanov is a fucking badass. Um, you know, this guy back in Pride, back in the day, was was killing dudes who were monsters. I mean, he fought Alistair Overeem in K1 when Overeem was fucking jacked out of his mind on horse meat and steroids and gorilla biscuits and whatever the fuck else he was consuming back in the day and Karatarov knocked him off he, uh, he knocked out Orlovsky uh, you know back when Orlovsky was still a big threat uh, we'll pull up his record here those of you following along on YouTube can see this as well as soon as my screen unfreezes there we go yeah so he he knocked out Roy Nelson, and that was in Bellator. But I'm gonna scroll down a little bit further. So look, he's got wins over Overeem. He's got uh, he's got a win over Fabricio Verdum. He's got a win over Pedro Hizo, um, Semi Schilt. For those who are real old school Pride fans, that's going way back. Um, and, and he fought the best of the best in Pride over there, you know. Alexander Emelianenko, he fought. He lost to him, but uh, lost to Josh Barnett. But here's a guy who's like in, in a really long career, you know, 35 fights. Hope my mental math is okay there because now you guys can actually see what I'm looking at here. Uh, 35 fights, only been to a decision three times, you know, 19 knockouts, eight submissions. And then, you know, you fill in the blanks for, for how many times he was finished. But really exciting fighter that really doesn't get talked about that much. Sergey Karatanov. So, that's a bad motherfucker. Still, you know, wouldn't make me tune in. I later found out that this, this was on the DAZN app, which I do not uh, subscribe to. So, there's that as well. 
I get. I just realized now too. I'm giving free advertisements to uh, whatever uh, <laughs> whatever ads are here on SureDog, which is what I use to look at the, the fight cards. There's a free plug for SureDog as well too. Not a sponsor of the show whatsoever. Um, so yeah, there was that. So big knockout for Karatanov. Uh, I I don't know what this does for him. Uh, I don't I don't know if it gets him a matchup with with Ryan Bader or what what's going on there with the heavyweight champ. I would think. You know, thirty nine years old Karatanov still a spring chicken uh, for Bellator and for uh, <laughs> and for the heavyweight division in general. So thirty nine, not too bad. Vitaly Minikov uh, knocking out the Ultimate Fighter. Alumni Timothy Johnson in the first round, the co-main event. Alejandra Lara, a lot of people were talking about her TKO over Taylor Turner. So Alejandra Lara was coming off of uh, two losses. She lost to the champ, Alima Lay McFarlane, and then uh, she had another loss after that. So she rebounded here with a TKO victory. Uh, the big story with her was, I posted this on Twitter too, she had a sponsor on the back of her shorts, like right above her asshole, and it said, eat clean, bro. So I don't know if she's advocating like eating ass or, um, you know, if that was meant to be ironic that it was placed there. But, you know, there's that. Do with that information what you will. Uh, I'll skip around a little bit. Like I said, everything all finishes here. Nick Newell made his Bellator debut. uh, Arm triangle choke in the first round over Corey Browning. So that's awesome for Nick Newell. He kind of got screwed with the whole UFC thing. Like it was obvious the UFC didn't want to take him on, so they they put him on a contender series against a four-time All-American wrestler who just kind of held him down for three rounds. And they're like, "Sorry, man, we gave you a shot. Uh, you're not getting a contract." And I don't think they gave a contract to the guy who beat him either. So uh, lucky for him, he wound up in Bellator and he looked good. I mean, he's a tough guy. It, for those of you who don't know, Nick Newell is the the fighter with one hand. Um, so there's that. That's the reason the UFC didn't want to sign him. Dana White thought it was like a liability, I guess. Uh, I'll scroll down. Ricky Bandejas um, with the first round knockout over Ahmet Kiratili. That was one of the highlights that was being shared a lot. Austin Vanderfor, most famous for being uh, Paige Van Zant's husband, Mr. Paige Van Zant. With a second round doctor stoppage, so I guess the guy couldn't get off the stool after the second round. Uh, Sabah Masi, who is uh, a fucking slugger with a 17 second knockout over Mika Tareel. So you really could watch like all the highlights of this whole card in like 20 minutes because there was only there was only two fights that even made it to the third round, and one fight that was stopped in between the second and third round uh the clip that was probably shared the most aviv ghazali it was just the second fight on the card uh he had an 11 second heel hook so if you guys missed this one it was pretty impressive he he basically like ran across the cage uh dove for the guy's leg uh john mccarthy called it an imminari roll it was kind of halfway in between an imminari roll and an ankle pick he just kind of like dove at the ankle he didn't fully go inverted for this but um, you know, the way the guy sprawled, he was able to get underneath him and, and grab a heel hook pretty quickly. Uh, the heel hook was not really defended at all. 
uh, and he was able to lock it up quick, fastest submission in Bellator history. So that's that, right? Bellator 225. Some good stuff, good good highlights. Uh, not going to make me uh, sign up for DAZN. Not planning to uh, subscribe for that service, but, um, you know, all the highlight clips are you could find them on Twitter. Hashtag Bellator225. Click video. And then, um, you know, all the clips, all the most popular clips will show up. So that's the best way to uh, consume this card, I would say. And uh, I don't even know what's coming up next for Bellator. It's not important. So let's move on to UFC. Uh, And I might have told you guys I'm going to be traveling. So uh, I don't know what the episodes are going to look like uh, the next couple of weeks. The next two weeks, I'm going to be up in New York. Um back in my hometown visiting family my mom's birthday uh it was gonna be a surprise but but my dad ruined it and told her uh <laughs> we were gonna surprise my mom for her 60th birthday and, and bring the baby to visit and and uh spend some time there and um yeah my dad spilled the beans so anyway happy birthday mom which is not today but you know we're not gonna have an episode on mom's birthday obviously because we're gonna be up there so the next couple of weeks are going to be all fucked up because this fight night card, like I said, I think the main card starts 6 a.m. Eastern because it's taking place in China, so it's going to be prime time over there. And then um, uh, I'll be traveling. You know, obviously Jeff the Animal Wilson lives up in New Jersey, so we'll probably hang out. I don't know if we'll we'll do an episode like uh, some of you may remember. When I was up there around Christmas time, we just did an episode in a bar. Maybe we'll do something like that again. But uh, I do have some other fun stuff planned while I'm up there. I'm gonna be visiting. I'm gonna be visiting some uh, some friends at at some New York gyms. Some people that you may be very familiar with, uh, both from this show and both for, and from other podcasts you may enjoy. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I'll leave it at that. So. So I'll let your imagination run with that one. But I'm going to be hanging out with some cool people when I'm up in New York. So I'm definitely going to be putting some content out. So make sure you guys are following along on social media at MMA on the Rocks because I'll have some fun stuff going up there, even though it may not be uh, full episodes. All right, so let's get into uh, Fight Night 157 a little bit. And I got to be honest with you guys, I don't know if I'm going to be watching this live. You know, I may be up at 6 a.m., on a Saturday morning, uh, you know, because my daughter wakes up usually around 6.30. But, uh, you know, usually in the mornings I'm I'm taking care of her and making her breakfast and stuff like that. So I'll probably watch this one a a little bit later in the day. But I do love this main event. I don't know if Wiley Zhang is ready to be fighting for a title, but since she is, I'm all about it. You know, she's 19-1. and She's getting in there with Jessica Andrade, current champ. You know, in her home country, Jessica Andrade, credit to her, she's going into uh, she's going into enemy territory here, and um, you know, Wiley Zhang is a a very skilled fighter. And again, if you guys are watching on YouTube, I've got the card pulled up here. I'm looking at her record right now. So she's coming off a, a win over Tisha Torres, and we've talked about Tisha Torres uh, a couple of times. Uh, you know, the last couple times she's fought, she's basically only lost to current and former champions. Uh, so, uh, 
the the fact that Wiley Zhang was able to get past her says a lot. She's on a three fight winning streak in the UFC in a, in a division that Joanna Jan Jacek basically cleaned out, and then you know the the top of the division have kind of all been uh, beating on each other. So there's no real clear contender. So Wiley Zhang kind of rose to the top. She's very skilled, super well, well-rounded. She's big. She's definitely big for 115 pounds. Uh, I would assume that she, she cuts a lot of weight to make this straw weight division, but uh, Jessica Andrade used to fight at 135. So, you know, a bigger opponent isn't going to make a lick of difference to her. And I always... I always find it funny when people say things like size advantage because I never think that size is an advantage. I may be biased because I'm not the biggest guy. Uh, I'm rarely the biggest guy in the room. Uh, <laughs> and um, But, yeah, if you look at it historically, you know, size size doesn't mean much of anything. You know, going all the way back to the first UFCs, you know, Hoist Gracie was 172 pounds soaking wet. He was, he was beating up guys you know, well over 200 pounds and it was not an advantage whatsoever. So there's that. I, I think this is a fun fight. I think, um, you know, you got the, the brawler in, in Andrade who, who just has so much power, uh, in this division. I mean, she, she has some scary knockouts and, and just possesses power that you don't see in 115 pound people. Uh, not just women 115 pound people are not knocking people out like this you know you're not seeing knockouts like this in the male 125 pound division rarely 135 you start to see him you start to see you know some more heavy hands and and some more big knockouts but uh, even there if you think about it they're they're few and far between You, you know you got your handful of sluggers like your cody garbrandt your john lineker's um TJ Dillashaw, you know, people who who have that kind of power, but, you know, the rest of the time they're kind of tactical fights. So, and then you got, you know, the grappling of Jessica Andrade. I mean, you know, we saw the way that she fucking spiked Rose Namajunas on her neck in her last fight. Um, so it'll be interesting because Wiley Zhang is going to have a little bit of size, but, uh, you know, she's not, she's not KOing people cold the way Jessica Andrade is. Uh, and then, you know, the wild card is that this fight is taking place in China. So we'll see how that goes. Co-main event, Elizu Dos Santos and Jingliang Li. Uh, so Li is a guy that, that the UFC have, has been big on. I've, I've kind of wanted to see, like he only fights on these cards in China. And I kind of wanted to see how he would do in an American card. Um, let's see. Did he fight on an American card? Now you guys can see like all the behind the scenes of the the shit I look up while I'm talking to you. Let's see. His last fight. No, his last fight was in Beijing. It was the one that was headlined by Francis Ngannou and uh, Curtis Blades. Okay, so I believe he fights at Extreme Couture. Um, you know, on Sure Dog it says. China top team, but I know he's come over to the United States and done some training in Vegas. So, 
they're building this guy up, which is great for the market in China. Um, I would like to see him come over and fight stateside. I feel like he'd be able to get some uh, some better competition. This is a guy, you know, super well-rounded. You know, he, he knocks people out. He's got a couple of submissions. Um, I don't believe he submitted anybody in the UFC, but, uh, you know, he's got some submissions under his belt. He's a good grappler. He's a big, strong guy for a welterweight division. And uh, Dos Santos, let's see. Let's take a look at what this guy's done lately. I need to, uh, I need a little bit of a refresher here. Okay, so he's got an impressive winning streak right now. He's on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight win streak. That's right. So his last fight was a submission victory over Curtis Millinder, who's a really highly touted prospect. And he almost killed Luigi Vendramini, uh, UFC Fight Night 137, with a flying knee. Um, that was one of the most vicious knockouts uh, in recent memory. Uh, went over Max Griffin, went over Lyman Good. I mean, this guy is definitely faced probably much stiffer competition than Jing Liang Li has faced. So this is going to be the biggest test for Li. You know, Li's going to have to show his usual composure here, um, technical striking, good grappling defense uh, in order to take this win away from, uh, you know, in his home country. And then I would like to see him come over and fight in the States. I think that would be good for him. I think it would be a good experience because, you know, the biggest fight cards are always going to be here. I mean, this one's at 6 in the morning uh, Eastern time in the United States. So, like, a lot of people aren't going to be watching this um, live anyway. You know, I, I would like to see uh, Jing Liang Li and, and Wiley Zhang and fighters like this uh, get in front of the, the American audience and get them behind a little bit. Uh, you know, not a whole lot else going on in this car, but that doesn't mean it's not worth watching. You know, uh, sometimes when when uh, there's not a lot of name recognition, that means that these are hungry fighters who want that recognition, and they're going to be going out there and, and fighting for it. So, you know, you got uh, Andre Sukumdat is fighting on this card. Uh, you know, he always puts on a good show. Stop sharing my screen here. Uh, a couple of other Chinese fighters on here that are making appearances. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a fun card. It's a small card, 11 fights. Um, you know, so if you got nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, you know, wake up and and check this out i'm probably gonna watch it uh i don't know if there's gonna be an episode next week like i told you guys uh, i might do something i might do like a shorter bridge version or like an instagram live or a facebook live something like that um what's up rc fun zone is the soup ready i don't know if the soup's ready jeff the animal wilson's not here so uh we, we're, we're gonna have to wait for an update on the soup um, so that's fight night 157. I'm drinking tequila right now. I'm going to give you guys, um, a break from, uh, from the pumpkin beers. I've been talking a lot about the pumpkin beers lately. And, uh, because it, it, there was like a heat wave that came through Florida. It's been hot as fuck. And, uh, so today was a tequila day. 
So I'm doing, uh, right now I got some 1800 tequila, which just comes, you know, from Costco because I'm a dad and that's how I roll. Uh, I get my booze at Costco and I got some orange soda and some triple sec in it. So that's what I'm rocking with right now because it, it was hot as fuck today. It was like, I don't know, 149 degrees in Florida. Uh, I was out like riding my bike home from the gym like a dumbass. Uh, so I got home and I was waiting on dinner and uh, went with tequila. Tequila is uh, refreshing for me. So tequila, triple sec, orange soda. That's what I'm rocking with right now. And it's actually Zevia orange soda. And not because I'm so concerned about it being like calorie free and all that nonsense. I just don't like stuff that's overly sweet. And the, the Zevia sodas give like just enough uh, sweetness. And I only put a splash of it in anyways. So 1800 tequila and Zevia orange soda, triple sec. That's what we're going with right now. So, all right. So fun stuff. We talked about Bellator 225. There were some fun fights there, but like I said, you catch those uh, catch those highlights on Twitter, and you'll be just fine. You didn't miss out on too much. Fight night one fifty seven, and then you know the big one coming up. Because like I said, I don't know what the episode next week is going to look like, what that situation is looking like, but the big one coming up, of course, is Khabib and Poirier UFC two forty two, September seventh. And uh, I'm going to be in New York for this one too, guys. So I don't know if there will be an episode of MMA on the Rocks on September 8th or not. But uh, if you follow along on social media, you will find me some other places on some other shows or visiting some some gyms, people that you know and love, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this real quick. So Khabib, undefeated, of course, 27-0, getting in there with the interim champ, Dustin Poirier. Co-main event, Edson Barboza and Paul Felder. That's a rematch. That's going to be a crazy rematch. Uh, you know, I was really excited when they announced that one. Islam Makhachev, of course, the outstanding wrestler. Uh, his last fight was, was a fucking wrestling clinic. He's getting in there with Davey Ramos. Um, uh, Curtis Blaze getting in there with Shamil Aburakimov, and I think that's where the main card ends. But let's see if we got any other gems on this card. On the undercard, we got Joanne Calderwood and Andrea KGB Lee, uh, Bilal Muhammad and Takashi Sato, Nordin Taleb and Muslim Salikov. Zach Cummings is fighting on this card. All right, so the prelims fall apart a little bit. I mean, there's some fun fights on there, but but nothing that's going to really drag you out of bed. So I'll be in New York for this one. I'm not sure where I'll be watching it yet. This card is in Abu Dhabi, so I don't know if this one's going to be at a weird time or not. So, I mean, don't don't come here for like information like that anyway i mean i try to inform you guys but like i'm just flying by my seat in my pants here and drinking tequila so you know don't rely on me for for information guys all right i think that's all we got i'm gonna ask one more time if you guys don't mind 
you know, take a couple of minutes while you got your phone in your hand, probably listening to this or watching on YouTube, uh, wherever you're watching, give us a thumbs up, give us a review, give us a rating. Uh, if you want to make it funny and roast us, go right ahead and we'll read the review live on the show. You know, if it's funny and as long as you still give us a good rating, I don't really care what you say about us, but if you make me laugh, I'll read it on the show and make sure you tag me on social media. So, uh, so I know that you left a review because I don't get notifications every time somebody leaves a review. You know, sometimes it's a couple of weeks before I go and check and then I see and then, you know, it's that awkward period where it's it's been too long uh, to, to send a thank you note because then it just seems, you know, just socially awkward. In any case, short episode this week. Well, 40 minutes still. But uh, in any case, if you guys have any comments or questions or anything like that reach out on social media at mma on the rocks get a hold of jeff the animal wilson as well let him know that you missed him this week at animal underscore wilson oh last minute question coming in who wins colby or usman i'm actually really excited for this fight uh and they they have very similar styles i think the only the only x factor is uh, Usman's punching power and and the fact that Colby gets hit a lot. But, uh, you know, we saw him go against a harder puncher, Robbie Lawler, and and he avoided getting hit in the, in his last fight. So at, based on their last performances, man, it's tough because they were both going against former champs. Um, I, would, I would probably give a slight edge to Colby Covington right now uh, just because I think he's – He's a man on fire, but, uh, you know, they have such similar styles, that grinding style. Uh, if you want to look at wrestling credentials, technically Colby is a more credentialed wrestler because he wrestled Division One, Usman uh, wrestled Division Two, but, you know, those Division Two guys, they got that chip on their shoulder, which uh, works to their advantage a lot of times. Uh, gun to my head, I would pick Colby right now, but I'd have to see it get closer and see the awkward interactions that they have on camera. And, uh, it, you know, kind of base off that as we get a little closer. All right. So that's it. I got to pour myself another tequila because I'm out of, I'm out of, uh, beverages here. So I'm going to head downstairs, pour one of those. Uh, let me know what you guys are thinking and drinking out there on social media. Reach out MMA on the rocks, visit the website, MMA on the rocks.com. Uh, you know, we got, uh, bios of fighters who have been on the show, lots of fun stuff on there and, uh, keep sending your feedback. We do listen and we do take it into consideration until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.